Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport podcast, rounding up the best of Bailiwick Sport every Thursday. Coming up this week, another group of Guernsey athletes has been confirmed for next year's Island Games. Archery, the second sport after triathlon to make its selection. We'll hear from game stalwart Steve Yates and second-time competitor Paul Taylor. Elsewhere, it's a big weekend on the road for Guernsey Raiders. Jordan Reynolds has been telling us about their trip to Blackheath, the historic giant in National 2 East. Plus, we'll have a quick look back at the moments of last week and what else is coming up over the next seven days. I'm Tony Kerr and with me this week is Jamie Ingrill. Hi, Tony. Great to see you, Jamie. Back <laughs> safely from the Herm Dart. <laughs> yes. Um, a big win for Mark Fletcher over yeah, there. Yeah. Now, listeners to last week's pod will uh, remember uh, the speculation that perhaps you know the Herm Open wasn't going to be his tournament. But he's done it and got his hands on one of those two prestigious prizes. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. I mean, we were speaking about Mark having a bit of a hoodoo with a Herm Open. I mean, it's always up in the air. There are always upsets at that sort of competition and it can be very unpredictable. But I think you have to consider Mark our top player at the, at the current time. And eventually his determination shone through and he got the title. Not only that, it was a cracking interinsular contest against Jersey's Craig Kimrod, which made it even, even more compelling. Yeah, brilliant. You went over, I think, for the day on Saturday. Uh, what was the vibe like this year? Oh, it was a great atmosphere. Everything seemed very professional. <laughs> it was just really slick and well-organised. Um, people were obviously enjoying themselves, but the whole thing was like, there's a nice air of composure to it. We had Roger Spencer having to occasionally shout for people to keep their volume down. But aside from that, uh, yeah, just fantastic atmosphere yeah it's roger spencer who we spoke to last week as a darts journalist who um, has taken a real shine to the herm open and uh, i think it's been back every year this is the fourth edition of it um yeah i mean it sounded like a fantastic event um you didn't stick around for the after party jamie (laughs) no i didn't (laughs) yeah well done for for mark for ending that herm hoodie who else were the big winners over the weekend yeah so okay for way they ran it it was initially the herm classic which is basically the same competition it's just as prestigious so in the men's classic, we had Craig Keemard, who was who was the uh, man who was eventually just to miss out to uh, Mark in the Open. But in the woman, we had uh, Jenna Avril, who's been a real star for Jersey Darts. She's making her return. So Jersey shot us out in the classic, but then we had two great Guernsey victories in the Open. As well as Mark winning the men's competition, we had... A great showdown between two of Guernsey's top players, uh, Tracy Ingrall and Debbie Hammon, with Tracy coming out top. Well done to all of those winners at the Herm Darts. Um, yeah, still very much the highlight of the calendar, and I'm sure uh, all of the competitors will be getting their bookings confirmed um, already for next year. Um, and Darts, as we heard last week, you know, definitely taking a step into the international arena in Guernsey. Um, the Guernsey Darts now members of the World Darts Federation. Um, and another sport locally looking forward to getting back to international competition, of course, is archery, because that sport hasn't been part of the Island Games since 2017 in Gotland. But back on the programme for Guernsey 2023, and uh, they have confirmed their team for next year's NatWest International Island Games on home soil. A full complement of 16 archers named in it which is great to see obviously not having to travel means they can make use of the full allocation we're going to be speaking to representatives of every sport as those teams name their squads for the games um, team guernsey of course proudly sponsored by utmost yeah i went down to mont arave um, where the archers are practicing indoors and training indoors ahead of next summer's games they'll be there all winter i'm sure working very hard um spoke to steve yates who's a veteran of i think 10 island games he's been uh, an archer he's won medals um 
He's been a team manager and for next year, he is the tournament organiser, but very much the man across um, what's going on in the sport locally. And Paul Taylor, um, who will be shooting at his second games next year, made his debut in Gotland in 2017. Steve, Paul, uh, great to be here. I suppose an exciting moment for you guys to have named, uh, officially confirmed your, your team for the Island Games next year. Um, Steve, first of all, let me come to you. Just tell us, I suppose, how big of a moment it is for the sport here and um, to have a full squad of 16, it must be pretty exciting. Yeah, it's great because it's a home games. It means that we haven't got the expense of travelling, so it means we can have a full team. We've got a couple of people uh, that can experience the games without having to pay all that money to go away somewhere. So it, as a home nation, it's great to have a full team. Paul, uh, you've made the cut. I'm <laughs> pleased for you to be in the mix for next year. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so done one one before. Uh, fantastic week. Um, obviously, it's going to be a different environment being at home as opposed to away um, and um experiencing different things so yeah looking forward to it it should be good fun and you're one of two father-daughter combos in the 16 how special is that going to be for you yeah to be honest that's that was quite a driver um yeah my my daughter morgan um she's been shooting almost as long as i have um but she couldn't make gotland um she was just too small um really so yeah it, it's nice to be able to do it your daughter it's, it's one thing i'm looking forward to um you know even the um the opening ceremonies even they're quite special, so to be able to do that with Morgan alongside me, be uh, yeah, be great. How yeah. competitive is it going to be between you two? Obviously, you won't be competing against each other, but um, I don't think it is really. Um, um, you're right; we're not. We're, we'll be doing the same tournaments, but our scores don't go against one another. Um, but yeah, I'll just make sure I beat her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a really nice kind of family feel to it. Because as I say, two father-daughter combos. Um, you've got two sisters as well, obviously, um, who've done so well uh, for Guernsey in the past. It's quite a tight-knit community, Steve. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice sociable club. It's very family-oriented. And that's, that's the joy of the sport, really, is you can have, you know, uh, fathers, daughters, all families enjoying uh, the same sport. And not necessarily competing against each other, but all shooting together. And, and quite a spread of ages as well, by the looks of it. Um, well, uh, yeah, 13 cheers at the moment. She'll be 14 by the games, uh, young Ellen. Um, and yeah, our, our oldest team member is in his 70s. So uh, yeah, it's just quite a spread. It's really impressive. Um, and you know, for you guys, obviously, archery didn't feature in Gibraltar in 2019. And then we had the pandemic, of course. So it's been, or it will have been six years um, between archery's appearances at the games. Uh, how big is it just to, to have the sport back in the mix for you Steve? Well it's lovely to be back um, you know we, we've obviously as you say we didn't do um, Gibraltar in 2019 uh, and then with the pandemic but you know we, we've not been doing off-island competitions either there's a there was few of them went to the Hampshire championships this year but you know we're hoping to get back into it and maybe do a few off-island competitions before next summer um, but yeah, it's great to have it back and everything back to normal, if you like. And you competed in 2003, uh, one of, I think you're saying, 10 games that you've been involved in. Yeah. Um, for, you know, for, well, for anyone who, well, for any of the shooters who weren't there, um, obviously, 20 years ago, um, and particularly for the newbies who haven't been involved in the games at all. I mean, what's in store for them? How, how big an experience is it? I think the Guernsey Games is, is, is special. A home games is really special. But in some ways, it's not, there are there are things that aren't as good where if you're away all the Guernsey people are in the same hotel and you've got that sort of that, um, that island feeling that you're all in together and you see people coming in from their sports with medals and things and, and you can share that experience but 2003 is still 
I think the best games I've been to, just because you've got that home support, the opening ceremony down on the seafront where it was just people as far as you could see, you know, and obviously people you knew as well and people coming down to watch you. And it was just that sort of local feel and, and you had all that, the whole island, I think, was involved. Is that something you're particularly looking forward to as well? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like Steve said, it's, I think it's going to be a very different environment. I mean, I've only got Gotland to compare it to. Um, but the whole week for me was a an amazing experience from just the social side after. Steve says it, it's well known as um, being the friendly games. Um, everybody's very supportive of each other, even our direct competitors and other islands. Um, so we got obviously hope to see some good old friends again, um, which I'm looking forward to. But, um, yeah, I think the, the island side, I don't know if it, if it puts any extra pressure on being a Guernsey man shooting in the Guernsey games, but, um, yeah, I think just the, the, the idea of it being at home is, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's just going to be different, I think. So the fact we've got home games coming up, how, how big a motivator has it been for, for everyone involved in the club? I mean, was competition fierce to get on the team? Um, I don't think it makes any difference because it's at home, personally. I think we, we all enjoy competition. You know, it's a competitive sport at the end of the day. So I don't think the actual location makes any difference. I think what has made a big difference, as Steve alluded to earlier, is um, it's, you know, it's, it's self-funding. So if you are going away and particularly going away long distance, it does mean that not everybody can can compete but, but purely for financial reasons. Um, but I think obviously being at home, that's, as Steve said earlier, it's, it's, it's opened it up to, you know, not, not just archery, just in general. Um, it's just opened it up to more people to be able to compete. So, yeah, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you've got a slightly different um, remit this year or next year, tournament organiser. Um, I gather it's going to be the same format as um, as Scotland uh, in 2017. I mean, how big an opportunity is it for the sport to sort of showcase itself? Obviously, there's going to be a lot going on in the island, but it will be an impressive sight down at Portsmouth. Yeah, I think it'll be impressive. I mean, you know, we shoot down at Portsmouth most, most evenings through the summer and we do have a big shoot in September where we'll get 10, 15 targets out. We're going to have 32 targets across the whole the whole of the field. It's quite a spectacle to see. Um, and, we're, yeah, we'll, we'll make it as good as we can and make it a good event. What have you learned from your years of competing and uh, being team manager as well about, about kind of what makes a good competition at Island Games? you just got to try your best. You know, we, we don't know what, what the other islands are bringing as paul said you know we know some of the people involved we don't know how they're shooting we haven't shot against them for six years so you just got to try your best and hope it's better than the rest of them <laughs> you were showing you guys your uh, your tales of acupuncture before um is body gonna hold up for for next july paul i don't know <laughs> it fall, we're both falling apart on a weekly basis it seems um but yeah i mean um it's it it, it has its toll across your, your neck and shoulders particularly. Um, so, yeah, no doubt that there'll be a chiropractor getting quite a lot of work out of us all. <laughs> Get pre-booked in. There might be a bit of competition for places there as well. Um, yeah, just, you know, finally, what will the next, I don't know, what is it, seven, eight, nine months look like in terms of preparation? We're here at Mont Arave where you'll be, I'm sure, for a few hours over the winter kind of working hard to, to prepare. Yeah, I think for us... Um, Technique in shooting doesn't really change massively over distance. 
um, uh, mindset does, but technique doesn't. So obviously we can still hone technique while we're in the indoor range. And then when we move outdoors, um, if, if Gotland was anything to go by, um, there are certain competitions that are team focused. So obviously archery is generally quite a lonely sport, but there are teams. So we need to be able to practice as, as a team, work together as a team, shoot together as a team. So that will need a, um, a fair bit of work. Um, as we move outdoors and then just get used to shooting long distance again. <laughs> Anything you could do, uh, Steve, as organiser to give these guys, you know, the rub of the green? Well, we're just going to, uh, as Paulie says, we're just going to do as much practice as we can. Um, we'll be doing some coaching sessions as well. Um, and yeah, we've just got to make sure that they've got everything they need to uh, to be their best. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks for sparing some time. Uh, congratulations to everyone who's made the team. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you ahead of the games. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. Steve Yates and Paul Taylor speaking to me there. Great to see Archery, uh, the second sport um, to name its squad for Guernsey 2023 after triathlon. Uh, might have a little bit of a break now before we hear from the next ones. Um, you know, lots of the sports, Jamie, uh, will be waiting till, uh, I suppose, the, the last sort of possible moment to, to confirm their teams. Um, you know, the likes of athletics for football as well. That'll be towards spring next year. But we're up to 26 athletes for Team Guernsey. Um, and uh, yeah, those athletes have all got an exciting and hard year ahead working um, towards the game. So uh, yeah, good luck to all of them. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. If you're not already, do give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport is the place to go on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you pick up a paper six days a week for the very best local sports coverage. Um, right, it's a big weekend for Guernsey Raiders on the road after a massive win last week on home soil against Westcliff. They go to Blackheath, um, who have dropped down to National 2 East this season. Um, a team who are... Uh, a storied side have been members of National One um, for a number of years, um, a historic team and one um, I think the entire league are excited to be uh, coming up against this season. For Guernsey, as I say, they go into it off the back of a really encouraging result at Foots Lane. Um, so an exciting weekend. I caught up with their director of rugby, Jordan Reynolds, um, who celebrated 400 games in charge of the Raiders last weekend, but will be off to face new opposition this Saturday. Well, Blackheath is, you know, is renowned as the one of the oldest clubs in the world you know they're um they're a club that's you know been doing well consistently for for more years than you could than you could count um you know blackheath being in national two was a shock to everyone and i'm and probably a shock to blackheath you know they're a club that i think they've been in national one now for the last 19 years um, and always were in the top four. I don't think they ever had ambition to, to go to the championship, but um, I know previously before that, you know, they were one of the top clubs in, in, in England, um, you know, dating back and, you know, very well-resourced club, you know, Blackheath's in, in not a bad spot in London. Um, and, you know, they're, they're doing well this season, although they lost last week, which was a bit of a, another bit of a shock to, to a lot of people because um, they were doing well up until that point. But, you know, I think Blackheath's expected to um, be promoted straight away out of this season. And, um, you know, for the players and, and for our club, it's, you know, um, to get the, the opportunity to play against a side like Blackheath in, in competition leagues is, is remarkable because, you know, we'll probably never see that again. Yeah, incredible. And you mentioned the fact that they lost last week against Old Albanian. I mean, it's an old cliche, but do, you know, does that mean you'll expect a, a big response from them, or 
do you think there's uh, you know an opportunity to exploit there? Well, there's two ways it could go, I guess. Um, you know, the backlash is probably the the more conventional route. Um, you know, they'll probably be at their best come Saturday, but you know, for us, teams always seem to be at their best anyway. You know, that's for sure. I don't I don't know why that is, but we tend to we tend to get. You know, we don't t- tend to get the wobbly performances uh, from sides when they're against Guernsey, and, and I think that's probably a testament to us as well, that teams know that we're a gritty side. So, um, you know, we expect a backlash. But to be fair, I mean, you know, you, you look at the way that Blackheath lost last week to Older Banians. Older Banians had only lost one as well, um, a side that we should have beaten at home. Um, you know, it, I think it's probably just a, a little bit of wobble in their season. But look... We've been talking about this ourselves and, you know, one of the things that we mentioned was probably the only thing that we're missing currently in our squad is just a little bit of belief. So teams that are sitting below us, we're, we're beating by big margins. You know, we had 58 points against North Walsham. We put 71 on Westcliff, but no other side in the league's even getting close to that amount. And I think that's the factor of when, when these teams are coming to us or, or we're playing teams below us, we're looking at that understanding that we should be beating them. And we then go out and deliver the performance that's there. But if you look at the sides that have been above us that we've lost in that first um, five five game block, you know, we probably didn't have enough belief that we could that we could win those games. You know, we went in by the time we're halfway through the game, we started understanding actually these these sides, they're not as superior um, than we are. You know, I mean, we can compete with them and we can play, but but ultimately by that stage it's too late. You know, we haven't built in enough confidence around us. Um, and that's something we want to work on in these in these next you know four games that we've got coming up. We want to instill that we've got a lot of belief in our performance and and replicate that onto the scoreboard. Um, and hopefully we can do that. You know, and start picking up some wins. But Blackheaths is a you know it's a it's a really tough tough game for us to to get into. But we're coming off a, a pretty good performance as well. And how do you go about that as a coach? You know, instilling that belief is it the little kind of one-on-one chats that you have with an arm around a player on the training pitch, or is it when you get the guys together as a group and you, you sort of review? I mean, how do you get that message across? Yeah, both ways. Um, there's multiple ways you can start getting that belief in. And, and you know, a- any coach worth their salt would be would be talking about just the, the small wins. So, um, you know, if... I'm not saying, you know, I'm just using as, as an analogy. I'm not saying we're at rock bottom. We're, we're, we're far from that. We're, we're performing really well, to be fair. But if you're at rock bottom, the last thing you want to try and do is fix everything. The only thing you really want to do is fix one thing. And then once you fix one thing, the next thing, you know, will improve. And then you'll start improving from there. So for, for performances for, for squad and individuals, what we turn about is celebrating the small, the small victories. And the small victories might just be, you know, our line out still, uh, a clean line break, you know, uh, opportunities where we put teams under pressure, um, little things like that, little small wins, because that changes the attitude in the players. But it's also giving them, you know, stats to reward them as well. You know, we, we often use stats in games to to look at our negatives, but you can use stats as, as, a, as a positive influence as well. And, you know, we look at the stats where we're in games where, you know, we're dominating possession for, for larger parts of the game. And it's just little parts in our game where we drop off. Um, and they're things that, so, you know, ultimately, and, and, and this and, and this is probably a, a biased statement for sure, but we looked at a lot of the games that, 
we reflected upon in that first five week block and what we what we found out was it wasn't it wasn't teams beating us we were beating ourselves you know we had seven opportunities to score against TJ's and and win that game and we end up missing a lot of line outs missing a couple of opportunities and dropping the ball over the line you look at Henley Hawks was the same thing even Henley said after the game we, we could have put 40 points on them and, and put it to bed but it's little things in our game that aren't there and I totally believe that that's a confidence issue that we're lacking at the moment we probably don't believe our worth in this league and and that's something that we've got to try and instill into the playing group um to to, to back up some of these you know better performances to to, to turn them into wins and personnel wise how do you go into this weekend um what kind of shape are you in and, and and yeah who's set to feature yeah so um a lot of those games in the first five week block we, we were down numbers you know we had in excess of 14 guys out. Um, we managed to get a lot of guys back for the Westcliff game, which was good. Um, unfortunately, there we picked up a, a, another couple of injuries, but um, the, the squad is still looking fairly strong. You know, we, we've got the likes of um, Sam Stevenson, Dan Morgan and, and Jacob Pinckney in the front row. Um, Tom, Tom Sealham, who who started for us last week has picked up a rib injury, so he'll be unavailable this week. We're going with Lewis Hillier and, and Brad Webb uh, in the second row. Uh, Matt Kreber, Dom Rice, and and returning Doug Horrocks into this week for for Jordan Smiler. Um, Charlie Simmons at nine. You know he's been in some really good form at the moment and and and, and playing well. And hopefully he can continue on that vein. Um, Charlie Davis at ten. Ethan Smith, 11, uh, Tom Teasdale and Kieran in the centres, who are working well, Anthony Armstrong and Owen Thomas, who got a little cameo last week, will we'll start at fullback in a new position for him. Um, at bench, you know, you'll be looking at James Berger, Darren Bellingham, Hugo Culverhouse, Oscar Bailey and, and Sam Boylan. So ultimately, there's a there's a fairly strong squad in there. Um, Oscar Bailey will get his first start, young 17-year-old. Um local lad who, who's evidently still at school but i'm sure this will be an exciting exciting moment for him as well um he's before he's been training with us all pre-season he's had a, already a few games for for the vikings and and and, and perform well um we think there's probably a good opportunity for him to come in and you know we've we picked up another injury with luke sayer um last week and, and callum roberts is still out so you know we thought this was a good opportunity to to bring him into the squad and um let him let him see what it's all about yeah a big opportunity big occasion i'm sure for him to be involved in so uh yeah wish him all the best and, and what about you Jordy? as a coach um last weekend marked your 400th game in charge of the raiders um uh, Obviously, you're, I'm sure your focus on the day was the match itself. But you know, in in the day since, have you um, sort of had a chance to kind of reflect on that milestone and and you know the effort that's got into getting there? Yeah, um, it's always it's always been difficult to uh, to be fair. A lot of the guys that I was around with, you know, I'm talking back in the day. <laughs> Uh, we went out for a few beers that night and we were just we were reminiscing about, you know, some of the stuff that's happened over the season, some of the titles that we'd won. And it's always, I guess, the, the, the most rewarding thing for me is just, you know, seeing those guys speak about those moments fondly and, 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 and being able to be a part of, of helping that happen. Um, you know, 400 games for the club is is tiring. I guess. <laughs> That's the one thing I can say. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more and more tired as as the seasons go on. But I guess the thing is, I'm, I'm still really enthused. You know, what I mean, I haven't lost that enthusiasm to to win and, and to develop the squad. And um, you know, the, the crop of 
players that we have at the moment um, are probably the the positive side of of challenging. You know, you can see how much potential these guys have, and and my job is to try and get them to the top of the mountain um, as 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 quickly as I can. And um, you know, there's a, there's a really good bunch of guys in there, but you can also look back at the, the times. You know, we've had some some great sides play play for us as well and um you know the, the challenges that we faced as, as coaches back then as well um and getting through it but look i i don't think anyone would would ever say that you know i didn't have a huge amount of love for 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 this club and, and the people in it and um you know i feel pretty honored to 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 be able to to be able to um participate as as a coach for for 400 games for him um and that's been you know hugely rewarding for me oh, it's a hell of an effort i mean the club obviously has kind of come on leaps and bounds during that 400 game sort of tenure if you like um you've obviously progressed hugely as a coach as well uh, you know not least in terms of sort of coaching qualifications but uh, yeah i imagine as well in terms of you know how you put that into practice i mean could you see yourself racking up another 400 how much how much more kind of journey is there left in that uh i mean that's a what's that another 15 years <laughs> i mean i mean to be honest you never know i mean to be honest i've I didn't think I would ever get to a hundred, let alone 200, 300 or, or, or probably even 50. You know what I mean? Um, it's one of those things like I'll, I'll never say never. Um, I think the thing will always be once I lose the hunger to continue, that will be the, that will be the difference um, for me. And at the moment I'm, I'm still really passionate about, you know, coaching here and, and, and doing well. And, um, you know, if I haven't lost that after 16 years, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I will lose it, but, you know, it's obviously this club has a, a huge, huge part of my life and um, they gave me a great opportunity to start coaching and the way I've, you know, personally developed over that time is is definitely down to, you know, the, the culture that we have, you know, within our rugby community and um, I would love to, to, to keep on continuing. I mean, to be fair, this summer I signed another two-year contract, so you'll you, you have me around for a little bit longer anyway. That's good to hear. Well, best of luck at Blackheath. Um, yeah, sounds like it's going to be a, an exciting trip there, and we'll uh, see you back at Foots Lane, hopefully with a win in the uh, bag um, for that game against Worthing in, a, in 10 days or so. No worries, mate. We'll do our best. Guernsey Raiders Director of Rugby, Jordan Reynolds, speaking to me there. An exciting trip for them. We wish them all the best on Saturday. They're back at Foots Lane in 10 days' time or so, Saturday the 29th, um, taking on Worthing. Uh, Jamie, where are you going to be this weekend? A quite diverse programme of sports. Um, so I'm shortly going down to watch some chess, the Guernsey International Chess Festival, which is not featured since 2019, but it's making a longer-awaited return. Fantastic. Um, I've seen some photos of that uh, from St. James. It does look... It's a really cool setup. Um, lots of boards, lots of people playing at the same time. And I gather um, you're only allowed to speak to them or take photos for the first couple of minutes because then it's kind of getting out of the way and um, letting the players concentrate. They've given me a very specific time I have to be there. Hopefully I don't rust any feathers. <laughs> well, yeah. Keep, uh, keep yourself to yourself. Uh, Friday night, we've got some div- men's Division 1 basketball. We had a very close contest last night between Skipton and Mayside. Skipton, Skipton getting the edge by 10 points. So it'll be interesting to see how that exact same matchup plays out tomorrow night. And then moving on to Saturday, we've got some fencing to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Sarnia Swords Club. They're taking on the Royal Navy at Bose's
well, yeah, as you say, pretty diverse roster of sports um, for you to get your teeth into over the next couple of days. Um, I'm down at the uh, Guernsey Cricket end of season dinner on Friday night. Um, we find out who's the cricketer of the year, player of the year and all of that. I'm looking forward to a good night there. Um, I think that's just about it from us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another Guernsey Press Sport podcast. Um, and if football's your bag, um, we'll have another football podcast for you on Monday. So do keep an ear out for that. Um, cheers, Jamie. We'll see you next week. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.